Rebag is a luxury resale marketplace. They have a curated collection of investment-worthy bags, watches, and fine jewelry. Each piece is carefully vetted and verified by experts. You can buy and sell finds from the world's top brands, including Hermes, Chanel, and Cartier. Head to Rebag.com to get 10% off your first purchase with code REBAG10. That's Rebag.com to get 10% off your first purchase with code REBAG10. Betches Media presents Ha ha, laugh, funny Mention it all, a Bravo by Betches podcast We don't say that, but now we said it With me, Dylan Hafer Hold on, check me, boo Hey everyone, welcome back to the Mention It All podcast I am Dylan Hafer And after four days of nonstop rain in New York City I can finally see the sun And... (laughs) It's a new day, and we've got a new episode of Salt Lake City to talk about. This season, they are cooking with gas. And after last week's triumph of an episode, boy, did they ever follow it up. I'm excited to get into this episode because I feel like we've been so blessed with the presence of the Salt Lake Housewives the last few weeks that I actually have not spoken that much just about my own thoughts about this season. Of course, it's it's great to chat with the women who were there. Um, but, you know, sometimes it's nice to be able to speak a little more freely. And uh, I, I'm excited to get into it. But importantly, last night, we also had the season premiere of Dancing with the Stars. Great for you if you care about lots of the contestants. For our purposes, we're really just focused on Mauricio and Ariana Maddox, who are both competing in the ballroom this season. And they had some varying results this first week. Ariana did a great job. She was dancing the tango with Pasha. Pasha, who I believe was also Teresa's partner last year. So that's fun. Uh, You know, he's... He's on the Bravo circuit. They danced to a remix of Haley Steinfeld's Love Myself, which is, is actually such a great choice because that song is about masturbating. It's about loving yourself and not needing anyone else to accomplish that goal. And, you know, perfect choice for Ariana's first week. And she came away with a 21 out of 30. She got sevens across the board. And, you know, 21 out of 30 might not sound like a great a great score. But the thing with Dancing with the Stars, if you if you haven't spent much time watching it, they're really learning as they go. You know, the beginning of the season is um, a little bit rough sometimes. And so they're kind of working their way up. So the the highest score of last night for reference was a 22. That went to charity from The Bachelorette. Um, so Ariana getting a 21 was a really great start. Mauricio, on the other hand, it was a little tough. He got a 15 out of 30, um, which was not the lowest score of the night. There were a couple of couples that got lower scores, but he ended up in the bottom two, I think because of the vote tally from the public. He did not go home. You know, he lives to fight another week. But I think I think Mauricio is going to have trouble competing in the vote getting from the public because some of these people just have more... (laughs) More fans? Is that a bad thing to say? I don't know. I just, I don't know if the passion is there for Mauricio. We also got to see the Real Housewives of Orange County reunion looks ahead of this week's season finale. And the looks are good for the most part. I think everybody looks pretty solid. You know, I always have, I always have some questions. Um, But overall, 
everybody looks nice and colorful except for Heather Dubrow, who's wearing a a nice floor length black dress because I guess nobody tells Heather what to wear, but we have, you know, Tamara's in hot pink, Shannon's in hot yellow with a, a whole lot of hair. The whole like massive fake ponytail affixed to the top of the head. It's not my favorite look, but you know, Shannon looks, she looks put together. Good for her. Taylor looks like a fucking popsicle, uh, rainbow sunset, beach dream. Love it. She looks amazing. I love her short hair. Gina is wearing this neon green mini dress with like a chain detail under the boob. She looks good. Jen is a little bit, I'm not sure what's going on with her shoulders and the the pleated sleeve drapes that are coming off the side. (laughs) According to the Bravo article about this, Jen described her look for the occasion as a quote, sleek, hot, batty moment which I guess the bat thing is the sleeves. I don't, I just, I'm not sure about that, but Emily looks fucking phenomenal. She's wearing this peach colored cocktail dress. Just, just, she looks so good. But aside from the outfits, I think the most interesting thing about this reunion is the set because they are seemingly on a volume stage, which if you're not familiar Traditionally, a lot of things are filmed in front of a green screen and then you can project on, you know, after the fact, whatever, you know, needs to be in the background. But there's this thing called a a volume where it's essentially a big ass curved screen that you stand in front of or like kind of in the middle of. And there's like a realistic looking video backdrop happening behind you and the the thing that this is used most or like was kind of pioneered for was star wars like the the mandalorian was one of the first shows or maybe the first to be shot on these volume stages where it really looks like you're in the place and so in the videos that they've been sharing of the orange county reunion you can see that they're standing in front of this screen this backdrop that's moving and you know it goes up maybe 10 feet in the air and you can see that it's curved and that there's you know an edge to it and I'm like where where has this budget been lurking when did Bravo get access to this kind of technology we have seen a lot of different things happening in reunion sets I mean we've seen you know foreign countries be you know recreated we've seen ponds and pools and fountains and so many different configurations of couches and chairs and and what have you but these women these women are taking us to a place that I didn't think we would see in Bravo reunion stage technology and I'm very I'm very excited to see the future because you know what if they can accurately depict an Orange County beach scenario who's to say we can't set a housewives reunion in space, on the top of Mount Everest, the Great Wall of China, the middle of the ocean. They could get so creative. Underwater. Oh my God. What if, who would knock this out of the park? Real Housewives of Miami. What if the theme for the next Real Housewives of Miami reunion is like 
20,000 leagues under the sea. And everybody wears their best Little Mermaid couture. And we are projected into Atlantis. Is that, where does Ariel live? Triton's kingdom? I don't know. Atlantia? I, all I'm saying is this is a very exciting development. And I feel like in the future, we could use this for a lot more than just beach. The reunion backdrops job should not just be beach. It's not Ken. But anyway, OC has been great this season. I'm excited to see their reunion. And I'm excited to just marvel at the wonders of 21st century technology. Calling all my honeys. Support for today's episode comes from Honey Love. Whether you're a bride, a wedding guest, or simply seeking everyday smoothing, Honey Love is the go-to for all things shapewear. Honey Love has revolutionized compression technology, so you no longer have to feel like you're suffocating while wearing effective shapewear. For a limited time, you can get Honey Love on sale. Get 20% off your entire order with our exclusive link, honeylove.com MIA. Support our show and check them out at honeylove.com forward slash MIA. When talking about shapewear, Honey Love's best-selling superpower short is the go-to. It has targeted compression technology that distinguishes between areas you want more support and areas where you need less compression. Their signature X targets and sculpts your midsection without squeezing your natural curves. It's designed to work with your body, not against it. The superpower short is helping ladies everywhere sculpt and smooth from stomach to thigh by offering just the perfect amount of compression. You won't have to worry about it rolling down, which is unheard of in shapewear, thanks to flexible boning that's hidden in the side seams. This piece is also a booty lifter. Boost bands on the back and thigh give your bottom an amazing shape. Treat yourself to the best bras and shapewear on the market and save 20% off at honeylove.com MIA. Use our exclusive link to get 20% off honeylove.com MIA. After you purchase, they'll ask you where you heard about them. Please support our show and tell them we sent you. Move with confidence. Thanks to Honey Love. Hey, I'm Andy Mitchell, a New York Times bestselling author. And I'm Sabrina Kohlberg, a morning television producer. We're moms of toddlers and best friends of 20 years. And we both love to talk about being parents, yes, but also pop culture. So we're combining our two interests by talking to celebrities, writers, and fellow scholars of TV and movies. Cinema, really. About what we all can learn from the fictional moms we love to watch. From ABC Audio and Good Morning America, Pop Culture Moms is out now wherever you listen to podcasts. For now, I'm going to be marveling at this week's episode of Salt Lake City because these women are in Palm Springs. They are recovering from a true dinner from hell that they had last week, and they are not dropping the ball at all this week. It's the morning after. Heather's still throwing up. She's going to puke and rally. Angie is making her own shirt with the Sharpie because Meredith didn't give her one. Of course, the no tricks, all trust shirts. Angie wants one. She's got to have it. But hers instead says... All tricks, no trust. Angie K on the back. She tells, she says in the confessional, she goes, Meredith wants to be petty. I can be petty. It was either make this t-shirt or call out a hit on her family. I chose the t-shirt. It's like, Angie, what, what game do you think we're playing here? A hit on the family? That escalated quickly. Like, we're, t- we're talking about a t-shirt. We also see Monica talking to Meredith in the morning at the Trixie Motel, and it's um, it's it's not looking good for Angie and Monica's friendship. Monica is seeming to get closer to Meredith. She says, even though I'm Angie's friend, that was uncalled for and tacky and embarrassing. Um, <laughs> and Meredith goes, and also slander. 
And she's like, right, right, right. Uh, of course, also slander. That is such a housewife's thing to me. To uh, Thinking about what Angie was saying about Meredith the night before, it's like, okay, she said you're fake. She said you don't sell a lot of jewelry. Your home is rented. Those things, I, I just... Again, I say this too regularly on the podcast. I'm not a legal expert, but like I don't I don't know that anything that Angie was saying about Meredith really clears the bar for slander there. I mean, perhaps unflattering or unkind, but Meredith <laughs> Meredith Marks does seem like the kind of person who has a loose definition of the term slander and uh, certainly Angie has met that threshold in her mind, but I'm not sure that would hold up in a in a court of law. You know, Whitney and Lisa are talking to each other. You know, they're not super happy about what's going on with Meredith either. Whitney's pissed about Meredith always deflecting from drama with these serious situations that she won't talk about. Lisa, meanwhile, doesn't want to be in the middle. She's, you know, trying to trying to work through things with Meredith. You know, she doesn't want to be bringing in people's families and marriages anymore. She's like, you know, after last year and how how yucky that felt. She doesn't want to do it again. And she shouldn't. But yeah, they're going to this team building trust exercise, blindfold, like bootleg survivor challenge ass activity. Um, <laughs> to be honest, this doesn't look like very much fun. And I, I lightly support Mary Cosby's choice to stay in the sprinter. Not because I think that skipping the team building activity is a great choice. I just think this activity, it looks a little weak. The thing about these trips, especially the kind of the like mini trips that usually happen earlier in the season where it's like a couple days in somewhere domestic, it is a little bit like, what are we doing here? Like, okay, the shopping and the outfits and then going to dinner, like the first day, that was fun, whatever. So the second day, they do this obstacle course, whatever, and then they're having lunch. And then Whitney hijacks the trip to do this, you know, drag makeup challenge, which we'll get to. But what was, like, was there anything else planned for the day? Meredith insinuates that maybe I had something else planned, but we don't ever see it or hear what it was, which kind of makes me think this is like a little bit of reality TV production fudgery where it's like we're gonna you know meredith don't worry about planning anything for night two it'll be a it'll be a fun night in at the motel and then like they just allocated the planning resources to whitney instead and then made it kind of like framed it like it was whitney sabotaging meredith's trip when really it was just the plan all along like i don't think they make it sound like Trixie just materialized at the motel in full hair and makeup drag that takes like probably two hours to get into. It's like, yeah, this was a this was on a production schedule. Like Trixie Mattel is not the kind of person who just like gets into makeup because Whitney texted her an hour ago, you know. <laughs> but anyway, I'm getting ahead of myself. Mary does skip the field day because she says she can't be standing out on a field in the rain uh, because she's no longer a soccer mom. <laughs> also, this isn't the group that she wants to be building trust with, which I, <laughs> I, um, when everybody gets back in the van, we are sort of getting to the crux of the issue with Mary this season. I am adamantly enjoying her presence just because of how 
off center she is, the things she says, the the way she acts, it's extremely watchable on TV. But in a sense of this as a friend group or a you know a social group, if they're not all friends, Mary's lack of interest in actually doing anything with them is a little bit puzzling. Like she doesn't do the field day because. She doesn't want to stand out in the thing and she doesn't want to whatever. But then she also told Whitney that it's her hip or something. And it's like, okay, fine. But then later they go to this bar and Mary's like, I don't want to. No, no. Take me to McDonald's, which I love to see Mary Cosby at McDonald's. But it is a little bit like if each activity is going to be something that you politely or not so politely decline to participate in at the end of the day, like. What did you think you were signing up for? When they're at the park, she's like, oh, I wish Meredith would have taken us somewhere a little bit more luxurious. And it's like, I mean, yeah, I think probably all of them wish that to some extent, but it's like, that's part of the game. I mean, you're you're on a housewives trip. You you gotta do the trip. And in the in the sprinter, Meredith kind of says this. She says, you know, well, I wish you would have participated. And uh, you know, Lisa tries to speak up and gets shut down, I think, three different times by Mary. Um, she's like, I'm not talking to you. Can you Do you have a pause button? Can you put you on mute? And then Whitney's like, well, well, Mary, like the, the point was that we wanted you to be on our team. <laughs> and Mary, Mary's response of, I get the point, Missy. <laughs> Somehow Missy is like perhaps even more belittling than little girl like missy is just so oh it's so condescending and i mean that's why mary is here mary earns her check not by participating but by sort of casting off the thing like the arrows that the group tries to shoot at her she's just like ew get in a uh, i don't want that get away from me ew I don't want to be near Whitney. I don't want to sit by Angie. Like, she just isn't having any of it. And I think this is why I don't think she could be really a full-time housewife again. Because even when she was, I think she barely met the threshold for kind of full-time participation and probably didn't even really meet it. But now that she's a friend, it feels a little bit more like, okay, we can we can take what we get from Mary and enjoy the the fun parts and like not expect too much more because the burden isn't really on her to be carrying the storyline or carrying the even just the like participation torch what whatever you want to call it um but yeah i mean just the way she speaks to people is is really something um but anyway back at the motel after their lunch this is when Whitney announces that they're going to be doing a drag challenge uh so they have to take off all their makeup they're going to have 30 minutes to get ready and there's like you know special glitter and wigs and stuff that they're supposed to be using and Lisa has a wee bit of a freak out she does not like the instruction to cancel her glam for the evening because she flew in glam she Morgan her glam She's on retainer and she spends like 60K a year on the glam. And that's for like every day. It's not just for like events and and parties and girls trips. It's for the grocery store. She 
She paid Morgan $2,500 plus the flight to be there. She calls in the producer. <laughs> she calls in the producer. The the forceful choice to break the fourth wall to complain about being asked to cancel your glam. Even Dorit, I don't think, has ever... She's never like pulled the ripcord on the show about glam. She's talked about glam a whole lot. But her pleading with the producers to basically let her have this and to to empathize with her on a human level about glam. <sighs> I have glam in Monaco. I have glam in Saint-Tropez. I have glam everywhere I go. I like to look a certain way when I leave the house. And you know what? She gets what she wants. Morgan does her makeup for the night. She really doesn't participate. Mary, zero participation. Meredith is not in the mood, but at least, you know, puts on some some fun pink eyeshadow. To be honest, Meredith's lack of participation didn't really frustrate me. You know, she was already annoyed at Angie and, you know, Whitney mostly. She's annoyed at Whitney. Whitney hijacks the the evening. She doesn't really want to participate, but she's like, look, I'll put on a sparkly dress. I'll put on the fun eyeshadow. I did my best. What more do you want from me? And like Whitney obviously wants a lot more, but I think in the situation, I'm like, look, you weren't going to get Meredith in a Trixie Mattel wig. It wasn't going to happen. Lisa and Mary, on the other hand, I'm like, can we have fun for a second? When Lisa's like, oh, by wet noodle, do you mean a, a pretty girl in head to toe Isabel Morant with, uh, with good makeup? Then yeah, I am a wet noodle. And it's like, I feel like with Lisa, she's a little bit deliberately missing the point in this instance. She's like, well, this is drag to me. And it's like, okay, fine. I, you know, I definitely subscribe to the idea that drag is different for everyone and that drag can look like a lot of different things. It's like, okay, you didn't really, you didn't try to do drag. You're just like wearing an outfit that you packed and had Morgan do your makeup. Mary, on the other hand, I think probably thinks drag is like satanic or something. Um, I'm sure she... Sure, she thinks that drag queens are out here grooming children. Um, allegedly, I don't, I don't, I don't speak for her. I don't know what her actual views are, but she clearly is not interested in participating. The other four, I was impressed, or maybe not impressed, but I was, I was pleased. You know, Angie, Whitney, Heather, Monica—they all go for it, and it's fun. Lighten up a little bit, have a little fun. It won't hurt you. Survivor 46 is here, and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast, and we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Valladares, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcasts. It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Part of the thing with Housewives is that it's like you have to 
give in a little bit to the silliness sometimes. And I think that's what frustrated me with Lisa this episode is that like, I get that you're particular about the way you look, but nobody thinks that this is like, uh, nobody's going to judge you for wearing like silly looking makeup or, you know, crazy hair for one night. Like it's not, you're not going out in public. You're you're filming an episode of a TV show where everybody's going to know exactly what the assignment was. Like Trixie Mattel is instructing you to do drag. You're not like showing up to your parent teacher conferences looking like a drag queen. So it's a little bit like, I I don't know. I, I get that people want to be comfortable, but it's like lighten up. I, I don't know. I just, ugh. But anyway, they go to the bar. You know, Mary's not going to go inside. Um, They do. (laughs) Monica does bring up Lisa's ring again in the sprinter because, of course, Lisa's been, uh, you know, shouting all over the motel about how she, uh, you know, spends all this money on glam and has glam and tantropay. So Monica brings up the ring again. She says that it's, you know, she's very privileged and, you know, 1% of the world lives like her. And Lisa at that point is kind of like, oh my gosh, I'm not, oh yeah, like whatever. Like I don't feel bad, whatever. I never feel guilty about being privileged. Um, (laughs) Shout out to Roni season one. But then Monica kind of turns it up a notch. She's yelling at Lisa. She is referring to her in some unkind ways in Portuguese, which I thought was like a fun little twist that we're bleeping out Portuguese curse words on Real Housewives of Salt Lake City. That is not something I would have seen coming, you know, until this season. But yeah, things are, things get really heated between Monica and Lisa. And that is something that I am, um, I'm curious to unpack a little more in subsequent episodes because, you know, like Whitney says, this is a side of Monica that we haven't really seen yet. And it's not, I mean, it's entertaining to watch, but it definitely is something interesting to realize about someone you are becoming friends with, that they have this side to them. And I think Angie sort of rightly points out that, you know, Monica had all these issues with the way that Angie was speaking to Meredith the night before, and now she's screaming at Lisa about her $60,000 ring and calling her, you know, a, a bitch and whatever else in Portuguese. It's a little hypocritical. And I, I'm... I'm assuming that there will be some kind of reprimand of Monica from from Lisa and uh perhaps Angie and Whitney. So I'm I'm curious to see where that goes in the coming weeks. Um <laughs> Monica also did really make me laugh when she compared Lisa to Veruca Salt because I thought that was pretty pretty spot on in the moment. Um but at the bar, Whitney goes to talk to Meredith. It doesn't go super well. She she won't leave her alone about not doing the makeup and the wig and the thing to me is that, like, while I wish that Meredith may have participated more, it does feel like at a certain point, Whitney should kind of just drop it. It's a little bit, you're like drawing blood from a stone. Like, it's it's over. It didn't happen. It's really not that big of a deal. And, you know, Meredith says that she's had a splitting headache for the last two days, so she wasn't going to wear the wig. And that, you know, Whitney brings back up the the sick child and the headache and the, it just is like, at a certain point, yes, it would have been nice if she participated more, but then Whitney Whitney gets to a point where it's like, you know what you're doing, you know this isn't going to end well, and you know that you're only doing it to get a reaction out of Meredith, and she does. You know, she brings up the sick child, and, you know, Meredith pops off. She's like, you're disgusting, you're disgusting, how dare you? I do, 
I think with Whitney, it's like she wants to assert herself on this trip, and I I get that, but I do think she is sort of playing with fire with Meredith, where like overall this isn't that deep, and she's going to get to a place where it's really hard to come back from over. I'm not sure what over some eyeshadow over a wig over not wanting to be friends with Angie. Like, I'm not sure it's, I'm not sure it's really going to be worth it for, for Whitney if she burns a permanent bridge with Meredith, but I don't know. Only time will tell Meredith and Monica are having another little chat at the bar. And this is, (laughs) this is when Meredith calls Angie a pit bull. And when I say Angie appears out of nowhere, she's like, did you just call me a pit bull? And Meredith's like, yeah, I, yeah. And she, Meredith is doing this thing where she's like turning around on her bar stool to continually avoid Angie. And Angie will not drop it. She's, she's coming in from every angle. It gets really heated. You know, Monica and Angie are yelling at each other again. Angie's getting up in Monica's face. Monica's like, don't put your fingers in my face like Jen Cha. And it, <laughs> it is, it's an interesting choice for Monica to invoke Jen Shah at this point, because Jen Shah is kind of looming over this group at this point. And there is this question of how involved with Jen was Monica. Monica seems to want to tell us that she wasn't that involved because she never got paid and XYZ. And she also says that everyone in this group was basically an unpaid assistant to Jen. Um, you know, Angie is insinuating that there's more to the story there. I don't, I don't really know. At a certain point, I'm kind of like, if we're done with Jen, can we just be done with Jen? But then it's like, we're never really going to be done with Jen. And six years from now, maybe Jen will be back on this show. I, I don't know. I All I know is I really enjoyed this episode. And I, I also just loved seeing Mary in the Sprinter van taking a detour to McDonald's. And I love that the producers uh, let us see that. I love that they followed her with her filet of fish and her six-piece nugget. It's beautiful. But that's all for today. Thank you so much for listening. Don't forget to rate, review, and follow the show. You can follow us on Instagram at Bravo by Betches. And until next time, be cool. Don't be all like uncool. Mention It All is produced by Dylan Hafer, Sean Kilby, Jorge Morales-Picot, and Rebecca Sousmacat. Editing by Jorge Morales-Picot. Social media by Dylan Hafer. Guest booking by Dylan Hafer and Ali Friedlander. Be sure to follow at Bravo by Betches on Instagram and Twitter. Betches.